Welcome to another powerful teaching from Exodus Global. As a ministry, we are committed to inspiring a generation to develop a closer work with God. We urge that you pay attention to all that will be taught and see to it that you apply them. Let's dive right into the Word. Glory be to God. I want to welcome you to the second part of the teaching on the gospel. But before we proceed, I want us to look at two very interesting verses as found in Colossians chapter 2, verse 6 to verse 7. I read, the Bible says, As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus as Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Now let's take a deeper look into these verses. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 2, from verse 6, that as we have received Jesus Christ as Lord, how did we receive Jesus Christ as Lord? All right, by grace through faith. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 shows us that. Now it says that the next thing that God expects when we receive Jesus Christ as Lord is that we walk in Him. I know we've emphasized a lot of times walking with God, all right, but you see, the Bible uses walking with God and walking in God interchangeably. So, not only are we walking with the Lord, but we're also walking in the Lord. And then the Bible goes on to define what it means to walk in the Lord. The Bible says that we do this by being rooted and built up in the Lord and then established in the faith. All right. So that's what it means to walk in God or to walk with the Lord is that we're rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. Now, I want you to pay close attention so the next thing the Bible says after telling us to be established in the faith, the Bible says, as you have been taught. That is so powerful. That is when we get born again, we're told to walk in God and walk with God. But that is predicated upon the strength of the teachings that we expose ourselves to. So you see, every time we get to be taught either personally by the Holy Spirit or, or through platforms like this, where you get to listen to teachings week in, week out or at different intervals based on your preference, the goal is to the end that your walk with God is strengthened and that you are further established in the faith. So every time you get to listen to these teachings and even this teaching you're going to be listening to, I want you to set your heart open to receive not just the words of a man, but the words of God to the end that your walk with God and your walk in God will be further rooted and built up and then you would also be further established in the faith. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for this gracious opportunity to learn of your ways through your word. Thank you, Father, because I communicate your word in simplicity, with accuracy, and with power, not hindered by any demonic force or stronghold. Thank you because your word, thank you because you bring us salvation even through your word, and we are further edified and established in the faith. Thank you because you help us to be doers of your word. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. Now, in this teaching, we are going to be continuing from where we started in the introduction on the gospel. If you remember in that teaching, I mentioned that the gospel is preached to the unbeliever. That is, the gospel is announced to an unbeliever. But for us, when we get in Christ, when we get born again, when we are grafted into Christ, all right, it goes from just the preaching of the gospel to the teaching of the gospel. So the believer in Christ Jesus needs to understand the gospel. Now, why is this very important? It is the message that makes the messenger valuable. And every child of God has been called onto the ministry of reconciliation. That is, we've all been called to be messengers of Christ. You know, Jesus told the disciples like this in Acts chapter 1 and verse 8. It says, they shall be witnesses when the power of God was to come upon them. So, we are witnesses. We are messengers. 
do you see? We testify of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you see, what is our message? The message is the gospel. If we do not understand the gospel, then we cannot effectively preach the gospel. Neither can we effectively live the gospel. Do you see that now? So this teaching is very important. And this teaching is curated to the end that every single one of us, by the end of this teaching, we will understand what the gospel is and then we can accurately present the gospel to unbelievers and also explain it all right to other believers and to help them understand what the gospel is all about now that now that i've said all of that let's go right into the scriptures the bible says in john chapter 3 and verse 16 that god sent jesus to die for the world all right but you see god did not just send jesus to die for the whole world alone in God sending Jesus to die for the world, all right, God also sent Jesus to die for every single individual. I'm already trying to put perspective to this teaching. Because when we read John chapter 3 and verse 16, and then we see that the Bible says that God so loved the world and he sent his only begotten son, that whosoever believed in him should not perish but have everlasting life. There is the side of thinking that, oh, God sent Jesus for the whole world, and then we do not focus on the part that God actually sent Jesus to die for every single individual in the whole world. God did not send Jesus to primarily die for the globe as it were. God sent Jesus to die for every single individual that he has put upon the earth. Do you see that now? So God, yes, because of his love for the whole world, but then you have to understand that when the Bible talks about the whole world, the Bible is talking about every single individual or every single person that makes up you know, the human race that lives in the world. Glory to God. So in God's eye, if it was only one man, if it was only one person that was existing on the surface of the earth, God would still have sent Jesus. You've got to understand this because God is the audience of all and then God is also the audience of one. I think I'll say that one more time. God is the audience of all and he's also the audience of one. So in as much as God is thinking about multitudes, he's also thinking about one soul. God is also personal to the extent that he's thinking about each individual soul. So even if it was just one person that was existing on the surface of the earth, as at the coming of the Lord Jesus, God would still have sent Jesus to die for that single soul. Now to our main discussion on what the gospel is. Now, I've mentioned that when we get born again, all right, we become united with God in the spirit, 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 17 tells us that whosoever is joined to the Lord is one spirit with him. But now God wants the saved man, the born again man, to not just be united with him in spirit, but also to be united with him in purpose. Let me say that again. God wants the saved man, the born again man, the child of God. God wants every single one of us to not just be united with him in spirit alone, but also to be united with him in purpose and what is god's primary agenda for the saved man it is that the man that is saved preaches the gospel lives by the gospel and teaches the gospel let me say that again god's primary agenda for the saved man for the child of god for the born again for believers is that we preach the gospel we live by the gospel and we teach the gospel do you see in second corinthians chapter 5 verse 15 the bible says and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. So you see that for every one of us who has received Jesus Christ as Lord, for every one of us that is born again, listening to me right now, all right, 
the primary agenda of God for our lives, all right, is that we live in accordance to the gospel, is that we live for him, all right? And if we're saying we're living for him, that means that we are prioritizing what God prioritizes. Glory be to God. Another scripture to further emphasize this is found in Philippians 1, verse 21, where the Bible says, For to me, to live is Christ, and to die is gain. This is very important, and this is the kind of mindset that we must have as believers in our in our regard for the gospel and that which is a priority in the heart of God. That is, for us to live, the essence of our life is Christ, all right? And for us to die is also to the glory of God. Do you see that now? Because what, what this begins to what this begins because what this kind of mentality begun, begins to do to us all right is that we begin to view our secular lives or our lives here on earth from god's standpoint all right we begin to view our lives from the lens of the gospel we begin to view our lives from the lens of how does this benefit the cause of the gospel how does this glorify god how does my decision or how do my decisions we, we begin to see things you know, we begin to consider how our decisions glorify God. We begin to consider how certain things we do, how do they glorify God? How do they, you know, advance the spread of the gospel? Do you see that now? The Bible shows us in Mark chapter 10, from verse 20 to verse 30, how that Peter began to say, all right, to Jesus that, you know, they had left, they had left everything and followed him. And then Jesus answered and said that, you know, there is nobody who has left his house, his brother, his sister, his father, his mother, and so on, for the sake of the gospel, all right, that shall be at loss, all right, because Jesus said he would, such a person would receive a hundredfold, you know, in this present time, in this present reality, and even in the world to come. So, in the long run, the gospel is profitable. You've got to understand this. The gospel is profitable. And as believers, as children of God, all right, God expects that we live for the gospel. We live by the gospel. Do you see? Which is why, you know, you've got to pay attention to this teaching. You have to understand what the gospel is so that, you know, when we understand the purpose of the gospel, when we understand the efficacy of this message, it, it shapes and cultures the way we live our lives. Now, let's look at some more scriptures. In Romans chapter 1, from verse 1 to verse 5, the Bible says, Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. Let's let's take a pause there. The Bible says that, you know, Paul, you know, Paul is talking about himself and then he calls himself as one who is separated unto the gospel. Isn't this very interesting that a man can say that he's separated unto the gospel? And I'm asking you right now, listening to me, are you separated unto the gospel? Are you are you giving to the cause of Christ? Are you giving, you know, to seem so saved? Are you are you giving to you know evangelism? Are you giving to spreading the message of Christ? How are you ashamed of the message? Are you ashamed of Christ? Glory be to God. Now, if you keep reading Romans chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 5 is our text, all right? So, I'm going to read again from verse 1. Paul, a servant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated unto the gospel of God. In parenthesis, we have which he had promised afore by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. That's the second thing I wanted to note, all right? The first thing I wanted us to note is that as believers, every single one of us is separated unto the gospel, right? Every single one of us, you know, we live for the cause of Christ. We live 
for this message remember i said that god's primary agenda and purpose for the saved man is that we preach the gospel we live by the gospel and we teach the gospel now that we know that we are called to live our lives for the gospel all right now what is this gospel about what is this gospel all right paul the apostle shows us in this verses romans chapter 1 from verse 1 to verse 5 it says that you know the gospel of god which is concerning his son jesus christ our lord so this is very important the gospel is not just good news in as much as the basic meaning of the word gospel is good news now it is good news concerning somebody it is good news about something someone did glory be to god and who is that someone the someone speaks of the lord jesus christ so paul the apostle begins to clarify this he says that the gospel of god is concerning his son jesus christ our lord now what did jesus do the bible says he was made of the seed of david according to the flesh so what is the gospel about so now we understand that the gospel is concerning jesus christ it is all about jesus christ all right what is the next thing we can learn here it says which was that is jesus was made of the seed of david according to the flesh i'm reading from romans chapter 1 verse 1 to verse 5 don't be lost and so what i just talked about that the gospel is concerning jesus christ our lord all right shows us the deity of christ the divinity of christ but now if you go further and then we see the next thing that paul the apostle reviews to us it says that jesus christ was made of the seed of david according to the flesh now this shows us the humanity of christ so the gospel shows us the deity of christ the divinity of christ and then also shows us the humanity of christ you've got to understand this because it says jesus was made of the seed of david according to the flesh that is jesus became man god became man in the flesh glory be to god you see and the bible says and he was declared to be the son of god with power according to the spirit of holiness by the resurrection of the dead that is when was jesus actually proclaimed when was he given a name that was above every other name it was when he resurrected from the dead do you see that now i, I thought that in our teaching faith in the name of jesus so you can listen to that and understand um much deeper so you see from here already why the preaching and the teaching of the gospel is very important now let's go further in our let's go further in our study of the scriptures if we go to first corinthians chapter one first corinthians chapter one from the 17 to verse 18 paul the apostle writes and he says for christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel remember we're trying to understand what the gospel is from romans chapter one verse one to verse five we've seen all right that the gospel of god is concerning jesus christ who is the son of god so we see the deity of christ and then we are we now see that he was made to be the son of david according to the flesh so we see the humanity of christ and then we see that he died all right and then he resurrected from the dead which summarizes what the gospel is about but now i want us to begin to extract you know some more revelations and gain deeper depth all right in our understanding of the gospel so back to first corinthians chapter 1 from verse 17 to verse 18 all right the bible says for christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel not with wisdom of words lest the cross of christ should be made of none effect now we're looking at what is the gospel in deeper sense first corinthians 1 verse 17 to verse 18 so paul the apostle says lest the cross of christ should be made of of none effect verse 18 says for the preaching of the cross now remember in verse 17 he talked about the preaching of the gospel in verse 18 he talks about the preaching of the cross he says for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness 
but unto us who are saved, it is the power of God. This is very important in understanding what the gospel is. All right. So the gospel is the preaching of the cross. The gospel is the preaching of the cross. Because if you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 18, let's read it again. It says, for the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved, it is the power of God. If we compare that verse with Romans chapter 1 verse 16, where the Bible says that, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. So the gospel of Christ is the power of God unto salvation. That's Romans 1 16. 1 Corinthians 1.18 says the preaching of the cross, all right, if we go to the latter part of the verse, says it is unto those who are saved, the power of God. So the preaching of the cross is the power of God unto those that are saved, all right? And then according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, and then according to Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, the Bible says the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So we can interchange, all right, those scriptures together and then compare and contrast. And so you see there that the gospel is the preaching of the cross. Because according to Romans chapter 1 and verse 18, the Bible says that the preaching of the cross is the power of God unto those that are saved. And then also in Romans chapter 1 and verse 16, the Bible says, all right, that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. So you see that the gospel is the preaching of the cross. Now, what does that mean? It means that Jesus... It means that now that we've understood that the gospel shows us the divinity and the humanity of Christ in that Christ being God, being the son of God, came, all right, as man. He died and then he was resurrected. But then there were different things that happened, all right, in that summary. And so we're looking into those things that happened. So the Bible shows us, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 18, that there was something that took place on the cross, which is a key ingredient to what the gospel is all about. Do you see? So the gospel is also the preaching of the cross, but that's not all there is to the gospel. If we go to Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 6 to verse 7, Ephesians chapter 3 from verse 6 to verse 7, the Bible says that the Gentiles should be fellow heirs and of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel. Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power. So if we go to um, the beginning part of Ephesians 3 and verse 6, we see that the Bible shows us that there is a promise that is in Christ. And we can only access that promise in Christ by the gospel. What is the promise? The promise is eternal life. All right. The promise of eternal life is only accessed in Christ. And what is the message that presents this promise in Christ? The message is the gospel. Are you following what I'm saying here? That there is a promise. The promise is eternal life. Zoe, the life of God. And that this life, this promise is in Christ. But the message that presents the promise in Christ is the gospel. So we've already looked at the gospel shows us that Jesus is divinity. He came to become human. So the gospel shows us the divinity and the humanity of Christ. It shows us that then Jesus, all right, lived upon the surface of the earth. He died because it is it only takes somebody who died to resurrect. All right. So the Bible shows us that he died, he was resurrected. And then now we've looked again from 1 Corinthians chapter 1, 
17 to 18, all right, that the gospel is the preaching of the cross. Before he died, something took place at the cross. That was where he actually died. You know, and then we're also understanding from the scriptures that he resurrected. And then we're still going to look in a bit more into the subject of Christ's resurrection. So all of this plays a key role in understanding what the gospel is. And now from Ephesians chapter 3 and verse 6, we see that the promise of eternal life in Christ is presented to mankind through the gospel. So the gospel is such a very powerful message. All right. In Revelation chapter 19 and verse 10, the Bible says the testimony of Christ is the spirit of prophecy. That shows to us that, you know, the gospel is actually the testimony of Christ. You know, when we read Romans chapter 1 and verse 1, we saw that the gospel is concerning Jesus Christ. So the testimony of Jesus Christ, according to Revelation 19 and verse 10, is the spirit of prophecy. What that means is that the gospel is God-inspired. You've got to understand this. When the Bible says, you know, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy, it means that the gospel is God-breathed. It's a message that has the breath of God upon it. It's a message that has the inspiration of God upon it. Do you see that now? So, the gospel is such a very powerful message. Very powerful message. Now, I mentioned that the gospel is the preaching of the cross. But then the summary of the gospel is not just what happened at the cross. So, the preaching of the cross is a part of the gospel. It's not the totality of the gospel. You've got to understand this. Alright? The preaching of the cross is a part of what the gospel is about but it is not the totality of the gospel. In Romans chapter 10, verse 14 to verse 15, Romans chapter 10, verse 14 to verse 15, the Bible says, How then shall they call on him whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? All right, now, so you can already begin to notice the Bible saying him, him, him. Speaking of Christ, the gospel is all about Christ from the beginning to the end. It is the message of Christ. What Christ did has lived upon the surface of the earth, even unto his death, unto his resurrection, and then unto his ascension. So the entirety of the message of the gospel is all about Christ. Back to Romans chapter 10 from verse 14 to verse 15. The Bible says, How then shall they call upon him, upon whom they have not believed? How shall they believe on him of whom they have not heard? How shall they hear without a preacher? So you see that the preaching of the gospel is so important. And then he says, how shall they preach except they be sent? All right. As it is written, how beautiful, I'm in verse 15 now, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace, that bring glad tidings of good things. Do you see what the gospel is all about? The gospel is called the gospel of peace. The gospel is called glad tidings of good things. Wow. Glory to God. It means the gospel reveals the goodness of God to mankind. You might want to write that down. You might want to take that. You might want to take note of that. That the gospel presents, it reveals, all right, the goodness of God to mankind. The gospel reveals it. Glory be to God. In Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 1, the Bible says, What believed our report, and to whom was the harm of the Lord revealed? So the gospel is a report, it's a testimony. What does it testify about? It testifies about the goodness of God in bringing men unto salvation. It shows to us the extent that God will go, you know, to save man. It shows to us the extent that God will go to redeem man. This is what the gospel is all about. This is why it is such a powerful message because it has the breath of God upon it. The, the, because the gospel has the breath of God upon it. 
Remember the testimony of Jesus to the spirit of prophecy. So every time the gospel is proclaimed, it's a prophetic message. It's a prophetic message. Glory be to God. 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 So we've got to understand the gospel. The final thing I want to show you in this part of the teaching before we get into um, deeper truths on what the gospel is, all right, is that the gospel is the word of faith. The gospel is the word of faith. If we go to Romans chapter 10 and verse 8, Romans chapter 10 and verse 8, the Bible says, But what seeth it? The word is nigh thee, rather, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, that is the word of faith which we preach. Do you see that now? It says, The word of faith which we preach. What is our message as believers? It is the gospel. So, what do we preach? The gospel. And then the Bible says, you know, what we preach is the word of faith. So the word of faith is the gospel. Are you seeing this now? The word of faith is the gospel. So what is the gospel? The gospel is the word of faith. You know, I know that, you know, in church history, we have what we call the word of faith movement. All right. But this is what the scripture says, that the gospel in itself is the word of faith. So if we're talking about the word of faith movement, we're simply talking about the gospel movement. We're talking about the advancement of the gospel. Now, I know there is a context, you know, to the word of faith movement in church history and all of that. But let's go to the scriptures. All right. Let's let's look at what the Bible says. It says the word of faith, which we preach. What do we preach? The gospel. What is the gospel? The word of faith. Are you getting what I'm saying now? All right. So why is the gospel the word of faith? The gospel is the word of faith because it reveals to us the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. We see in John chapter 1 and verse 17 that the Bible says that grace and truth comes through Christ. And when this grace is revealed, Titus 2.11 says that the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto all men. So when the grace of God bringing salvation through Christ appears to men, all right, in the presentation or through the presentation of the gospel, what it does is that it imparts the faith of God all right, into everyone that gets born again. Are you following what I'm saying here? Why is the word of why is the gospel the word of faith? Grace and truth comes from Lord Jesus Christ. So every every time Jesus is testified about, every time we give witness to Christ, every time we preach the gospel, every time we communicate the message of Christ to people, what it does to an unbeliever is that it imparts upon the person that believes the message it imparts upon such a person the faith of god such that such a person is able to put his faith in that grace do you see because the bible says faith comes by hearing so which is why we must preach the gospel because when we preach the word of faith when we preach the gospel those who hear the message in the package of the grace of god that comes through salvation faith is communicated unto them to believe in the message so as we conclude this part of the teaching on the gospel all right i want you to know that the gospel is also called the word of faith so a brief summary on how we have learned in this part of the teaching the first thing i showed us is that as children of god not only are we are we united with god in spirit but we are united with god in purpose 
and then what is God's primary agenda or purpose for the saved man, for the born-again man, is that we preach the gospel, we live by the gospel, and we teach the gospel. And then I also showed us that every child of God is expected to be separated unto the gospel, all right? Because the gospel is the testimony of Christ. The gospel is the message concerning Christ. And then I showed us, according to Romans chapter 1, verse 1 to verse 5, that the gospel all right, reveals to us the divinity of Christ and then the humanity of Christ. And then we also understood that Jesus lived upon the surface of the earth, fully God and fully man, and then he died and then he resurrected from the dead. This is also all part of the gospel. I also showed us, according to 1 Corinthians chapter 1, from verse 17 to verse 18, that the gospel is the preaching of the cross. But not only is it the preaching of the cross, much more than that. Because, but not, but the entirety of the gospel is not just the preaching of the cross. Howbeit, the preaching of the cross is an essential part of what the gospel is about. Because the events that took place at the cross play a key role. All right, in what we refer to as the finished work of Christ. And then finally, I showed us that the gospel is the word of faith. Why is it the word of faith? Because the gospel in itself presents the grace of God, all right, in salvation to mankind. And then when a person believes in the message, believes in the gospel, believes in that grace, God imparts the faith of God to get such a person grafted into Christ. Do you see that now? So, and so we're going to still dive in further on the subject of the gospel. Believe me, this is a very interesting subject, and I'm going to be so blessed by the things that I'm going to be showing you by the grace of God all through this particular teaching on the gospel. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for your awesome grace, for the gift of your grace that we have experienced in Christ Jesus. Thank you because you are helping us to understand um, the gospel, you are helping us to know that which you did for us in Christ Jesus. Thank you because you are establishing us in faith and you're also helping us to give witness to the gospel because not only would we learn what the gospel is all about, but also you would strengthen us to go out and win souls for you. You will strengthen us to go out and preach this message, to live this message and also teach the message. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. See you in the next part of this teaching. Just in case you're yet to follow us on social media, you can do so at Exodus Global underscore on Instagram, at the Exodus Global on Facebook, and Exodus underscore Global on Telegram. For questions, counseling, and further inquiries, kindly send us a mail via the Exodus Global at gmail.com. We love and celebrate you. God bless you.